Very good afternoon. Welcome to This Week in Moab. I am your host, Howard Trenholm. I'm going to be with you with just two very special guests coming into the studio in just about a few minutes or seconds even. As is done, has been done for many Decembers over the years. I can't, I can't remember exactly how long ago this tradition has been going, but for some time, where at the end of the year, the station invites the mayor and also of recent years, the chair, so the mayor and the chair, chair of the county commission and Moab City Mayor. So Emily and, Ma- and Mary, whom you both know, will be joining me and we're going to talk about the year that has come and gone almost 2021. It's going to be um, a lot of re-catching up with things and we will not have enough time to squeeze everything in. An hour is way insufficient, but we'll, we'll chat as much as we can. And thank you for listening. Um, they're getting their headphones on. Thank you once again for being here. Uh, it was a, it's been a year, you know that? Time flies when you're having fun. Yes. It's been a blast, hasn't it? 2021. I think it's going to go down in history as like best, most fun year ever, right? <laughs> I think so. I like that's a good way to start. The, the, uh, the um, float fest was fun. Yes. Electric light parade because that wasn't around last year. Yes, it was so nice going and it was really quite comfortable outside. Oh my gosh. Hello. Is it? It's like feels like October. Well, finally, it's getting chilly. But yeah, I know there's some snow on the mountain, and so that's God bless like... global warming. Phew. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> how about Moab in 2021? Who wants to lead off? Um, who wants to go? Do you want us to do it chronologically? If you got a script here, are you doing it chronologically? No, I just made sure I had notes. So I you have notes. Quote. That's an efficient leader here with notes. Well, and maybe I should just disclose that um, there are bad parts of 2021 that I've blocked out. So, <laughs> no. Well, we're going to mix, you know, a little mix the good, the bad, and the ugly. How's yes, that? And, you know, yes. So let's start off with good. All right. Or not. Mary, Mary. take us away. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of good things that happened in Grand County. Uh, we are uh, looking at bringing on board over 300 affordable units. Yay. Which wow. is very, very exciting. 300 in a Royal Crossing alone, and then cro- close to 300 in our high-density wow. overlay. It's been a hurdle. Amazing. I said, you know, I don't think, you know, someone out there wants us to have affordable housing because it has been difficult beyond I have the greatest empathy yeah Yeah. I mean uh, I think anyone who sees Audrey Graham or Sherry Griffith needs to thank them they and their board ran a million dollar uh, foundation in a sense with no pay a board Uh, the county stepped forward and has uh, uh, given them a grant to hire a full-time administrator, which is going to make a whole lot of difference. And so we're very excited. Ground has broken, and we're going to see some beautiful units go up that will be affordable for people who live and work here. That really is something to celebrate. It is to celebrate. It's Mm -hmm. so, and it's, like, I was on the land trust board back in 2004, when it was just like, maybe someday we'll have land. And then, and but it but you can't plan until you know you, you can only do so much. You file your articles of incorporation. You like stop having meetings because it's like, well, we'll start having meetings again once there's a land donation. But the county really stepped up and said, "All right, this is 
High priority. High priority, and we're going to put our money where our mouth is, and we're going to fund this position, and that is amazing. So really, thank you, and thanks to the county commission. Yes. And I will, before you do that, because the city did the same thing, maybe not in this last calendar year, but obviously what was done in the year prior was also tremendous. I mean, not the easiest thing to take on, yeah. which is Williams Way, which I know is progressing. Yeah. Um, you mean Walnut Lane. Walnut Lane, yes. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, pardon me. Yeah. Well, and I should explain, too, because everyone says, um, why isn't it getting built yet? And it's like, well, number one, you have to be patient with affordable housing because it takes time. But number two, we preserved almost 40, uh, up to 40 um, affordable units for our extremely low income residents of Moab. So we, you know, with the acquisition of Walnut Lane, we, you know, maintained property so that people weren't displaced. Could you imagine 40 homeless or displaced? And what displaced looks like is doubling up or camping. And so the you know, number one, preservation, number two, redevelopment to have more units. And um, Caitlin really did a lot of work. Caitlin Myers um, did a lot of work to set it up. And we had a contractor, we were set to go, our contractor failed to perform. So what happens when that happens, you get a new contractor, you keep you move on. But um, so, um, but across the board, we saw um, our foundation shake because of this pandemic. Like that was in large part due to them being unable to bond. And so uh, I was just the other day having a, a conversation with somebody that um, in America, we're having an insurance crisis. People, companies, businesses, individuals are having a hard time getting insurance because insurance companies are saying, whoa, this pandemic has shown us that we are taking on too much risk. So it's like, we're learning a lot. We have to be agile and ready to pivot. And I mean, I, I kind of feel like that was a lesson, maybe not a positive, but a lesson of 2021 is um, we need to practice our sprints and we need to be able to be flexible. We need to stretch and practice our sprints to be able to flexible and be agile as, as policymakers. To bring it back to Royal Crossing, because I really think that is just one of truly probably the almost number one thing, because that's our number one crisis is housing. Mm-hmm. But kind of bringing it back full circle to you, Emily, now you're the, you've been the mayor for four years, but let's not forget the first people to really break ground on that site were community rebuilds and building yeah. 12 units. And, you know, that was a um, grassroots organization that launched by you. And yeah. so thank you for that. I mean, because, I mean, consider you know, since you started that, how many homes are built, and now they're getting to this, we can do more and do do it faster. Because really yeah. that's what we're against, isn't it? It's the time. It's like, gosh, if we could build, you know, have three Royal Crossings going at once, wouldn't that be awesome? But one's good. One's oh, good. You know, one's a start, and it might kickstart other things too. And I would just like to say that it's nice to hear the construction of homes for residents going to be echoing in the valley instead of other forms of construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the construction of nightly rentals is over. You know, that we, um, the city and the county, um, and San Juan County, yeah, all said we need to, yeah, we need to put our land use priorities in the right place. So that, I mean, that's another thing to really celebrate. Yeah, much to celebrate. Let's keep the good news going. Let's just keep it good. Let's forget the bad and the ugly, okay? Because, you know. (laughs) 
This is, this is the holidays. It's That's the time right. to make everybody feel good because it's been a lo- two last two years have been probably the most challenging for everybody everywhere. <laughs> Basically, it's you know, been, not just was, us. <laughs> yeah, this summer was very challenging. Yeah, this summer was extremely challenging. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, well, it doesn't have to be good. It can be bad. It can be. I mean, we've got to talk about water. I would imagine somewhere along the line. Well, can we? Since we're just talking pandemic and stuff, and maybe it's not city or county, but maybe it's all of us. Um, I continue to want to give a shout out to our caregivers and our educators. So, like when we talk about having a workforce problem. It's because we have a childcare problem. It's because we have a housing problem. Um, and um, it's, it's like um, following the source of, you know, really the workforce problem is just um, the canary in the coal mine. You know, it's what's telling us that something else, that there's no oxygen somewhere else. And that oxygen is like not having affordable housing, but also not having child care options, caregiver options. Um, and so for, you know, the teachers and the caregivers that had to choose between, you know, care and, um, and children, you know, and their job, caring for their children or the, you know, whoever can't participate, you know, because there are seniors that are cared for in this valley too. Um, people made tough decisions over the last two years. And um, I just want to celebrate those that you know, really worked overtime to be caregivers, to still be a part of the workforce, to balance life, to Zoom from closets, you know, because that's the only quiet room in your house. Do you all get to know your homes a bit better in the last couple of years, yeah. perhaps? Yeah, <laughs> that's my construction. It's hard hey, to find a plumber. Everyone's wh- got their projects now. What about the opening of the, of the um, new middle school? It's very exciting. Oh, oh my beautiful. gosh. What a wonderful name. Yes. Yeah, that's I know. Accolades. Congrats. I want to thank everybody involved in getting that name on the on that. It's fully deserved. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, a, and a memory now, too, of course. You know, she's yeah. immortalized now, isn't she? Yes. As, a, as she should be. Well, but even without the name on the building, she was a mentor to so many of us. Um, Amazing lady. She, yeah. Anything from the counter? Just a counter, Emily, here, because... You know, you're a busy lady too, Mary. You got that housing thing was good. So what else? Oh, uh, we worked really hard on noise Mm -hmm. enforcement and have made some gains. It's been a difficult challenge, uh, partly because of the way the law, the state law, has been uh, written, so that we do not have any local control. But uh, I do think uh, we've made some strides there. We need. to move forward even more, and I think we're, you know, it's not off our radar. It's uh, been a challenge for many people, and so that's that happened this year. And uh, do you think it's been quieter? Just, I mean, I, I, I sense it's been quieter this year. Just as a resident here, it just seemed like last year. I don't know, maybe it was the kind of the blowback from a lockdown that everybody was just so pent up with enthusiasm that it just all let out at once. And of course, we'd been in so much peace during that period last year that it was even noisier than it would normally because we actually had complete silence basically yeah. for six weeks, seven weeks, seven, eight weeks. And then all of a sudden it was like, and you can understand people wanting to do that, but you know, that really, it, you said, oh, we have issues here. <laughs> so, well, but it means quieter this I, year. I, I just think, think it's that. Quieter. I, that it's, I could not say, because I am fortunate enough, I don't live in one of the major thoroughfares for UTVs and ATVs. I think those are the people that probably can tell us more 
as to whether or not it has calmed down some. I do think it's calmed down some. I think we've gotten the word out and people realize. And I think it's, once again, probably a few bad apples are hurting it for a lot of people. Are you hearing from your constituents? So that's the best measurement for you as a public you know, official. That you, Are you hearing like, oh, it's maybe you're not hearing as much. No news is good news sometimes, exactly. right? So. Well, I think, I think we're still trying to figure out um, how to um, continue to take action to reduce some of the noise. The noise. Um, I think it's quieter. I think that um, the UTV community has um, uh, attempted to be better actors, um, trailer more. Um, I think that the businesses are um, have a heightened level of responsibility. Um, and I think that, you know, for the city, we passed the um, noise. You know, we were told at the, uh, at the legislative level that the state said, no, we're not going to pass a, a law that allow you to do a curfew, pass a noise ordinance. So we essentially passed a noise ordinance by curfew, um, both the city and the county. The complicated thing is that we're, trying, we're, we're still trying to um, come up with the mechanism of enforcement. It's very difficult. It's not like a radar gun. You can't like shoot a gun and get and get the sound register. Um, so it's more complicated. And um, so I think stay tuned. 2022, we're going to become more sophisticated with our enforcement strategies. We already have a few at the city that we've been workshopping. And so um, I'm excited for this next council and next mayor to implement some of those strategies we've been workshopping. Yes. Yes. One thing I want to thank both you, particularly you ladies on, is your engagement and relationships with our federal and state officials. Maybe not some states more challenging, but the federal particularly. Right. Yeah. But I mean, when, and, and the reason I say that, I mean, we have one milestone of last year was how much dirt has been moved from the pile, Mary. Oh, so, yeah, I mean, that truly is, you know, yeah. a really, we forget all these things because so many good things happen too. And that really is because of the push that the local governments push on the federal because you can't let off that gas you pedal, can you? You gas if you, uh, the squeaky wheel gets the oil and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Grand County and the city of Moab for a while took their eye off the ball and we saw what happened the funding went down but once we started squeaking again the funding's come up and we're going to probably have all the dirt out of the pile moved to crescent junction by 2025 wow 24 really we awesome. are yeah we are um, hmm. yeah three-fourths three fourths the way through awesome. so that's really exciting and Russell McAllister, the head of the UMTA project, is amazing. He is always thinking outside of the box to figure out how to be more efficient. So it's not just been the funding, which has been big and very helpful. It's also the leadership, that we have some incredible leadership at the uh, Moab UMTA project at this time that really figure out ways to be more efficient and get more moved in a timely fashion. Well, I think one of the best compliments I heard of basically of Moab was the fact that John Curtis, our congressman, was so eager to hold on to us and was terrified that he mm. would lose us <laughs> as his congressional district. And he was really fighting 
because he really likes working with Graham, and I think that says because we work with him, you know, and he, he appreciates that. Instead of being resistant, you know, you just you you work with your partners, and we do have a fair amount of federal land in our county, do we not, Mary? <laughs> yes, and you know, our our senators are really good. Yes, yeah. I mean, our yeah. senators and uh, and John Curtis is amazing. The way they spend time here and are very uh, responsive to a, a well, we call maybe. Maybe our senators could spend a little more time here. <laughs> they could. But they, they do, you know. Yeah. They, you yeah. Know. Well, yeah. the thing about John Curtis, our congressman, he's willing to hold um, town halls. Mm-hmm. I, want, I, I, I want to see our senators do oh, more nice. town hall in rural. Even if, you know, come to Monticello. We'll drive to Monticello for a town hall, uh, Senator Lee. Um, that would be great. Um, Senator Romney, yes. Senator Romney. Um, but, um, you know, like Mary, you're saying, um, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Um, you catch more bees with honey, too. And so I think we've done a really good job of being welcoming as well. So it's one thing to, to ask and squeak. It's another thing that when you do get the attention that we show, uh, we continue to show that bright side of Moab that we're scrappy that we take care of each other, that we're passionate about where we live, and um, that we're not going to bite your head off if you come for a town hall. And we're going to stay yeah. engaged even if we don't agree on policies for here and there. I think Moabs can show it can be a very civil place for people to come. They don't have to feel fearful that we're going to ambush them in any sort of way, that they can have an honest dialogue mm-hmm. with our community members. Mm-hmm. And, that's the, and that's why John keeps coming back, I think, because he likes to hear from you know, his constituents, isn't it amazing and sweet? Yeah. <laughs> isn't that the process, too? Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to brag about some other exciting things that have happened in Grind County. We have a new state park. Yeah. yeah. That was on my list, too. If you didn't get that, I would have got that. The biggest state park in, in Utah. I'm very excited about it. It was a lot of work, and I think it's going to be great. And Grand County's first official state park, because Dead Horse Point is officially yeah, in San Juan they, County. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah. really, it's Even a first. People can, you know, I know, they access it from here. From here, but it, and it's nice, too, because state parks do pay uh, sales tax, so that's really nice. So that would be good. And a uh, new EMS facility. Yep. A beautiful EMS facility, if you haven't been lucky enough to go and see it. And our uh, hotspot funding, where we're going to have a shuttle starting in April, is really good news. You know that, and we're uh, we're working on the bike path. You know, for out to Spanish Valley, and we got a, a one hundred and fifty thousand dollar grant to work on the parkway on the Colorado River. So there's been a lot of movement uh, forward in. Uh, you know, in Grand County during this last year, we've made a lot of accomplishments. Oh, and we have a full uh, a code enforcer in Grand County. I think the first one in close to my memory, uh, and he's very active and doing a lot and <laughs> collecting. A, and yeah. he has a big job. He has a big job. Well, let's hold on before we get off this hotspot funding and just um, all things transportation, multimodal or otherwise. Um, UDOT, the Transportation Commission, was just here. And when they were here the first time a few years ago, I said, I love you, DOT, mm-hmm. because I'm so grateful for all of the money and time that they spend to improve our roads. Well, we just widened 191 project everyone's been talking about for a long time. It was painful. It happened during COVID, which is like bittersweet because, you know, we didn't want to have any more kind of irritating noise in our life. 
But at the same time, the road is widened and it's done. And that feels so good. So I have a new thing that I say to you, Dot, now it's you deserve our thanks. <laughs> you, Dot, yeah. you deserve Got our it. thanks. Acronyms, gotta love them. And so, I mean, we really, we really do need to just continue to follow the projects that they do, make sure that we um, continue to ask for the projects we want to see. Um, it, it is clear that the, we are not in a place where we want to forward the planning for a bypass um, between resolutions with the city and the county. So that happened this year. So we're trying to get organized around what that means then for our downtown. And what, how, how are we going to keep trying to um, get cars through and parked and so people can enjoy the place as opposed to struggle with the congestion? Can I jump in and just add something to the list here? Because I know this is really fresh and hot and like a new thing that we knew was coming down the pipeline. But the National Park Service reservation system. Exciting. Yes, it looks yes. like it's That's happening. That's it is going to happen. Get and ready. Then, yes, and yeah. then the business people and everybody. I've been to two meetings recently, and people are on board. They're understanding that it is a pilot, that it's flexible, that we can tweak it as we go along that it's not to limit the number of people in the park, it's to disperse so that their visit to the park is more enjoyable. You know, Moab and Grand County being the people we are, we'll do it better than everybody else because we like to be the best. We don't like coming second, you know, <laughs> and, and it's great that other people engaged. have gone first too. Other national <laughs> yeah. parks have actually gone out there. And I think the relationships with the National Park Service and the governments and, and, the, com and the business community all working together on this it's like everybody's on the same team, which is great, too. You know, it really it helps things happen faster in a way when there's less friction in between things and having consensus. So that's, you know, by the way, Canyonlands is not doing a reservation system, but I'm guessing yet. <laughs> I, well, I yeah, foresee I a time because our national parks have become so popular. There may be a few, you know, that are isolated that won't need reservation systems but i think we're going the to maze. see more and more people more and more parks moving to reservation systems here's my santa claus wish gift if santa was out there giving our community something why not another entrance to the arches via the new state park where you could access the old entrance because Mary might even remember i wasn't here when the old entrance was there but that's how everybody got into the national monument it's there. This the road. You don't have to build a new road because the actual road is still there. So maybe Santa could deliver us a nice See, entrance. I have a totally different take on that. I no? do too. I'm like, I, I'm like, no. If I have an open house to to show everybody my new addition or something, and I all of a sudden realize I have invited more people than my house can hold. Well, opening the back door deal with the problem of the overcrowding I don't see how it will I you know I don't see how it will I could see the back door being maybe a place where uh, bicycles could enter the park and maybe perhaps have some bicycle lanes for the parks but it's not just a problem of getting into the park it's also a problem when you get in the park to find a parking place and have it have a uh, a lovely view instead of just a view of people. So I'm 
don't see how uh, back interest is going to assist in helping the park. I'll, I'll well, point out that well, Zion's has a second entrance. It would also relieve a lot of congestion potentially at the entrance because people would have an option to enter the park from the north instead of having come all the way into town. Or if they were leaving town, they could just drive through the park on their way out of town. Either way, I just... Just thought, you know, you don't have to worry about private land issues up there. The federal government owns basically all until it touches the state. So the argument you're going to create a minefield of problems, not really. It's nice to have one landowner, basically. I'm not expecting the county to do it or the city. But, you know, of course, if we could fund our national parks a little more, they would do it. <laughs> you know, yes. So um, fix yeah. it. That, new, that entrance that went in, imagine how much money that cost and what people said back then about putting an entrance there, putting up the side of a cliff. I'm yeah. sure there was resistance to too, is all I'm saying when they were first I, I, I proposing it. I bet the employees I, were happy, there, though. I think when I, you know, because I was living in Moab when that happened, and uh, I was friends with Bates and Robin Wilson, and uh, Bates was so excited about this concept, and his main goal was to make sure that the road was not visible from the highway. Hmm. And he would lay on the ground and look and... And they would do all this, you know, it was quite the process, and the community was quite excited about it. It was, uh, you know, like, oh, it's going to be closer, easier for us to go in, we'll be in the park faster, and the fact that it wasn't, the main concern was it was going to be a scar, that you would, but when there's not oh. a car on that road, you can't see it. You can't? Yeah, you can't see it, and that was a lot of planning and a lot of effort on Bates Wilson's part at the time. He worked really hard to make sure that happened. And so I, it, the angst in Moab that I remember growing up was that people were not, uh, uh, the locals, a lot of the locals were not in favor of Crank Canyonlands National Park. It was kind of like the locals in San Juan County, not all of them were behind Bears Ears. It was the same in Grand County. Oh, yeah. There were the group of people that were, you know, the were excited about the park, but there were a number of people that felt like it was going to destroy our economy. Interesting. Can I give you guys another accolade, city and county? Oh, sure. We we love that. You yes. sure? Yes. Because I could go the other way too. You know. No, nope, let's stick with accolade. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for all your work on renewable energies as a oh, county yeah. and city. Because yeah. really, I mean, uh, not to the city's <laughs> always been pretty decent at this. Um, they were in the pioneering. Just to highlight the city, they. You know, they were one of the pioneering Blue Sky participants when we became the Blue Sky community back. Gosh, that seems so long ago now. Uh -huh. And now counties align with it, which is very rare in the state. I have to say that there are so few counties that have signed on to this bill when you consider how many counties there are, 29. I think there's like three or four or five counties signed on. So Mary and the Grand County Council and Commission, pardon me, um, thank you for doing that and joining the, that boat too because now you're on the boat. Mm -hmm. Same boat. Yes. Yes, yeah. we're very excited. I think I think we're going to see a lot. And Sarah Stock has done an incredible job of doing all the hard work of getting the paperwork done and getting, because it's, it's it's an involved process to be part of that energy solution. You know, between um, uh, when we talk about getting our basic needs met, food, water, shelter. So we talk about housing. Uh, we you know we don't really think about air quality. Uh, and we don't really think about energy, but um, but we but but they're so integral to our our lives and our lifestyle that um, now we that's you know it's kind of lumping 
energy and, and air quality into those sort of basic needs for, a, you know, the, the bigger basic needs for a community as opposed to just the basic needs of an individual. So it's exciting to think that we're so laser focused on those issues as a city and county. Mm-hmm. Just, just approaching the bottom of the hour, I just want to just reintroduce um, the guests to the listening audience out there in case you're just tuning in. This is This Week in Moab. I'm your host, Howard Trenholm. Joining me is Mayor Emily Niehaus, who's approaching the end of her four-year term as the mayor. And Mary McGann, we don't, haven't asked Pop the question. I did ask Emily last year, so I know you're up for election next year, Mayor. We'll get to that to the end of the question. <laughs> We've talked a lot about good things. I mean, I just want to mention a couple of things where, for a, a moment, we were very much in the national spotlight. One, for something that got way too much attention, in my personal opinion, um, and one that got so little attention, it was shameful, and that was the murder cases. There was the murderers, the murderer that came through as a couple that was all over the press, that's Pepito and his Gabby. And then, of course, the locals we lost in the mine, which was one of the most, tri- I mean, I hate to bring that, but it was really disheartening to have that happen in our backyard, in our it home. It, it really, even though I didn't know them particularly well, I mean, I knew who they were, just for that to happen to us, it hurts us all. And just wanted to mention that and give them a moment, too, that they're not forgotten. I don't want anybody to think that we've forgotten them and what happened to them. And hopefully we can yeah. catch whoever did it. And justice is served. That was number one on my list, I think. That hurt. That hurt the entire community. So tragic. And just the fact that it took those days to be discovered and the rain and just everything that happened to make solving the case so difficult. And my prayer is, too, that uh, they talk. Whoever did it talks, and I, they usually do. They usually end up talking in the wrong place, and it's found. I just hope it's sooner than later. And it's unsettling not having a closed case. Mm-hmm. It's unsettling for, especially when we talk about um, being women and going, you know, recreating. It's there were questions that were coming up, like, "Are we safe?" And when you shake somebody's feeling of safety it really it's it's a hard thing to overcome but um I do hope everyone does still feel safe um you know to be outside it's our it's our medicine to be outside and to recreate you take it for granted it's safe right I mean you go camping out here the last thing you're thinking about is you're not going to come home you know what I mean unless you have a you know a tragic accident but not in that way I mean there's just it's just not it's it's just sad and it was such a violent act yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's well into the Gabby Petito case. Again, so tragic and, and such a, a tragic ending. Um, and, you know, my heart goes, goes out to her family. The Moab Police Department fell under great scrutiny um, with the Gabby Petito case, the national spotlight. Um, I thought the Bike Skills Park was the um, biggest hit in terms of my inbox, my email inbox. Um, But that national spotlight that we were put on, man, I heard from everyone. Um, And everybody was um, psychology, armchair psychologists, um, watching footage, critical of, you know, the body camera footage of my police officers. And I just want to say that 
um, you know, I stand behind my officers and my police department, that they did an extraordinary job and continue to do an extraordinary job. What I realized is that we live in a world, a hyper, a hypersensitive world, so close to social media that it's hard to make mistakes. It's hard, and I'm not saying that our officers made a mistake, but even if you think somebody did the wrong thing, um, there's no room for um, growth anymore. It feels like we're stifling ourselves from growing because there's just there's just not this sense of um, forgiveness or patience. I think we're missing that. I think that was my takeaway with um, the reaction of the country with the Gabby Petito case, but um, itself was a tragic accident, or not accident, you know, a tragic murder. Um, and we only got to see a, a snapshot of her life here in Moab. And um, yeah, again, to my officers, um, I'm, I'm so proud of them and the work that they do. It's such a hard job. Yeah. It's so hard. And thanks to Sea Haven for being there to, you know, be part of the the conversation with my officers. You know, we we there wasn't a lot of talk around that, but Sea Haven was a nonprofit partner that, you know, stepped in and was part of that um, action. So thanks to Sea Haven for being a nonprofit partner, the Multicultural Center continues to step up so with the you know the recent case of the um human trafficking that was um discovered and um uh with the the sheriff the deputy that pulled him over um the multicultural center was there as a nonprofit partner to government to help straighten um some of those victims um we're lucky to have those nonprofit partners in town. <laughs> That's the, the builders at Arroyo yeah, Crossing. I mean, we have more, um, just for the record, I always like to repeat this because I like Moab being number one because I live here and we do all live here. We have, by per capita, the highest number of nonprofits in the country for any <laughs> municipality. So like being number one, there's another one to put on your number one book for being a Moabite. So, you know, yeah. certainly to all the law enforcement, the sheriff and his response to these emergencies that occur in public lands at a great deal. Let's move our focus to another thing that really, or another subject that we can't, I can't think, because I actually witnessed it starting from the studio on a Wednesday afternoon this oh. summer when something starts smoking in La Salle's. Oh. See, this is what I try not to remember. I just want to honor the firefighters oh. that contain that. I mean, how it happened was kind of sad in the first place. It wasn't, so I wish it was lightning because then you can't, you know, that's just, the, that's nature. It was human nature that really caused it. And, you know, thanks to all that immediate response to all those firefighters who were coordinated through with the sheriff and all mm -hmm. these agencies that came to our rescue. Because for me, the LaSalle's are very sacred because we don't have a lot of areas like that in this vast desert, do we, where you can go up to an elevation and feel like you're in the mountains, even though you're in the middle of the desert, for goodness sakes, right? And that's how, you know, even to see it scarred a little is just tragic and sad. And of course, it created all sorts of downstream issues, literally the summer when rains did come, you know, so if you want to give an acknowledgement to all your enforcement oh, yeah. well, folks, the, I mean, that's enough. The uh, Moab Valley, Valley Fire Department was instrumental in saving those homes. They were worked tirelessly. They were out, you know, days on keeping that. And also our state lands 
uh, worked very, very hard. Not what I learned through this process and going out with different uh, agencies was how much work was being done prior to the fire, how much our state uh, forestry and such were there working with landowners in the LaSalle Mountains, helping them uh, prepare for the possibility of a fire and helping them remove, uh, you know, things from their homes that are flammable. And uh, I, I gained, you know, you think, we only think of fires when they happen, but we have agencies that are working to prevent fire 12 months of the year that are doing their best. And uh, I found out how much they really do. Again, you mentioned this is, might be an impact of climate change, that the forests are not getting as much snow as they used to, and they're not as damp. The, I heard the soil pack last year, like the percentage of moisture in the soil. What's the lowest it had ever been? And, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't seem good. I mean, you've lived here a long time, Mary. I mean, it seems like this is an ongoing. It's not like this is not normal. We're in these years of continuing struggle. Understand that the last time this happened was about 500 years ago, and it took 70 years to um, fix things. One little um, note that a fire uh, water district in California, they have 75 water districts in California, incidentally, if you're interested. Hmm. Um, one of them gave their allocations for 2022, 0%. The only thing they're going to allocate water for is for health and safety, wow. period. That's it. So I know it's we have our own water issues. Yeah. So do your snow dances, ladies. I want to well, see you. And it's like we talk about um, the uh, aquifer and the recharge. Um, USGS has been doing a longitudinal study showing the impact of dust on our mountains. The more dust, the higher rate in which the snow melts. Um, so th it's like uh, it's a web, you mm -hmm. know, just like uh, Wendell Berry says, you pull, you know, one string and the, and the whole web. You know, you, you're pulling the whole web. Oh, it's I the soil. You know. Really botched that one, that quote there. But, but yeah. And so we have to think about so trees. You know, um, when it when we see the monsoon rains in Moab, it's because moisture is coming to Moab either down from the mountains or up from the canyon. Um, the flooding in, incident that we had, event that we had this past fall, was outrageous incredible i mean it was like i felt like half of moab's hillside just melted um levi jones our public works director has been working overtime with making sure that we're conveying water to the colorado river because that's that's what the city is built to do through our roads people were saying oh my gosh it was crazy i looked out at the road um on my street and it was a river and it's like that's a good thing that's how it's supposed to convey. Better than a lake. Yeah. <laughs> right? You don't want a lake and you don't want it flowing into your house. You no. want the ro river flowing by. And so that's why we have the big dips. That's why we can't get rid of the big dips in Moab is because those big dips are conveying large amounts of water that are coming. So it's, but we're, but we're seeing big events like that more. And we've got um, some work to do with the, so back, um, you know, the CCCs, what was it, in the 50s and 60s where the, they built the 30s, check 40s. dams? 30s, 40s, 30s, 20s? 20s, I <laughs> During the Depression. Depression, yeah. During, yeah. yeah it's I wasn't around the then. Depression. I can't remember. None of us were. <laughs> so we have all these gabions and check dams. Um, yep. Um, they need kick 
cleaned out almost because they're full of sand and dirt now. They don't actually right. retain anything, which probably, yeah. And so the bigger thing that I want to say is like tomorrow, we got to look at our infrastructure needs. Yeah. Like we have to get, we have to get real about the infrastructure needs that we have and um, do a better job of prioritizing and, and finding finding the resources to be able to solve for them. Just a question, because you both work, represent the government. I know there's been a lot of discussion at the higher level of government to federal ad is that there was an infrastructure bill passed. Can that help communities? Oh, yeah. like So oh, yes. that, that does offer will. some form of, because obviously it's all about yes. money, isn't it? <laughs> like you can do whatever you want if you have enough money. We're, we're set to receive as a valley ARPA funding and, you know, infrastructure bill funding through different mechanisms, different channels. Great. The county's going to get money. The city's going to get money. There's been an application process. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, then it's like, how do we spend it? And what are our sustainable long-term funding sources? Because if we're really serious about economic diversification and not increasing tourism, um, you know, the mechanisms in place of no more Overnight, you know, the, the ending the construction of overnight accommodations, we got to figure out different funding sources. Then that leads me to I would really like to do a shout out to Chris Baird and Carl Albrecht for the work they did on the transient mm. room tax this uh, year. It's really helped Grand County, thus the citizens of Moab, because it's uh, we have 10% more money to going to mitigation that doesn't come from the property tax and that our our local citizens, you and me and our businesses aren't needing to fund. Uh, it also, we it put money into economic diversification because if we're not going to increase our tourism, if we want to maintain it and make it healthy and and prosperous and protect our, you know, our golden eggs, uh, we're gonna have to diversify our economy so that people can live here and make a living, but not so much reliant on our tourist industry. So uh, we're really excited about that. And so the money has gone for mitigation, and we've been able to put a lot more money into education and trail ambassadors and to help keep what we have and why people come here from being destroyed, because that's the last thing we want. And that was where we were heading. Yeah. And we've done a lot. Big thanks to Carl for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Carl TRT Albrecht uh, worked really hard. Um, you know, he's no longer our district. I know. Who's we got Winterton. Oh, my God. We didn't even get Christine. Well, Christine is Watkins. the ha um, house. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. So oh, we got Lyman. Um, no you sure? Because I know we got redistrict, at I, least in the state level. I think our new senator is actually Winterton. It's not D Dietrich, isn't not it, the senator? Hen you uh, <laughs> I'll back off this one because I'm just a sit. But our Congress, <laughs> our, our house is a Lyman, Phil Lyman. It is? <laughs> Redistricting, of course, that was a big thing this year, too. Oh, boy. Oh, and the city down. did uh, a... Oh, yeah, a new vote form of voting. <laughs> oh, yeah, ranked choice voting. Wow, that was I great. thought it was great. You did? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you weren't in the field, though, Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I popped my popcorn like everybody else, and, you know, it was really interesting to see how um, uh, people were able to say, well, you know, I don't want to just vote for two. I, I kind of have a handful that I like, but this is the way I would rank them. So it gave people the opportunity to rank that way. I think we had a different result as, you know, because of it. Yep. Do you want another accolade? 
Oh, sure. To, to both of you, because this is a combined I know what thing. I it's going to be. It's you the do, USU. Well, it's I, I, the road and the campus. Well, isn't that's, it? that's other things. But <laughs> oh, USU, because yeah, USU isn't open, but my goodness, it's a lot's happened in 2021, has it not? They're building oh, yes. their new building. There's your economic yeah. diversification the road. right there. Yep, we yeah. did awesome. a ribbon cutting, what, three years ago for the road. Now, yeah. I just want to thank you both because this was. This, what I'm going to talk about, only happened because the city and county were on the same team, very much together on it. And that's the 10th anniversary of the much maligned Aquatics and Recreation Center. So congratulations. This oh. 2021 was the 10th anniversary, believe it or not, of that facility, facility. which has served yeah. this community so wonderfully well. It's delivered state championships. It's given a lot of... Um, Let's consider the babysitting opportunities. And I know it's been a struggle. It's always going to be a cost to a community, but it's not really a cost, is it? It's a benefit. It benefits these things that money can't buy. It makes you healthy. You know, it encourages a, a healthy community, and it's very accessible, very affordable. Seniors, I see so many seniors making themselves like Peter Pan because they're staying healthy. So thanks to both the city and county for all the support from public facilities to give us citizens something, again, to love Moab even more for. So thank you both very much. I know it's been a, been a much discussed thing in the news this year, but it's a valued thing. And the best, va the best measurement is just the sheer volume of usage. It's packed between the kids. And if you're open more, it would be packed even more. But that's, you know, <laughs> but, you know thanks. And the, and the USU was definitely a big thing. I mean, next year we'll be talking about that because we'll be receiving students up there, which is fantastic. Right. Now, how about this? Um, you know what, what's happened in 2022? It's kind of in, in line with recreation, the, the MRAC. But uh, we're getting pickleball courts. So we got the grant. <laughs> we're not sure where. We're, we're not sure go. where, but yeah, Moab City. And that's awesome. another thing that we're going to be working together on. That makes Grand a lot County, of people happy. Grand County put us, you know, Grand County and the uh, Travel Council both put money aside. For so where's your, what, where, where would you, where do you want it to go? If you if you senior, had by the drivers. senior housing somewhere near the hospital you need well, by the hospital because of the, because you've got the you've got the senior center there you've got the senior housing if something happens to one of the pickleball players the hospital's right there. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, what being do you such think? a violent sport, you Where know. Where would you put it? That's well, hilarious. I can see it happening in a couple places. There are already plans for pickleball courts. It's been in the uh, future plans for a long time out at all Old Spanish Trail Arena. Mm -hmm. So I can see some there because that that would really serve the people in that part of the county. Yeah. I also like the idea of uh, the around the senior center, Grand Center. Mm -hmm. And there's already land and it's already owned by the county. I know the, the grant that the city got, part of the grant is it has to be on city land. But like we were talking, we could lease the land, give the land to the city for a dollar a year or something, if that's what it takes. And also we've looked at... Um, the golf course. That's and, that was what I was going to uh, say. I like the idea of a golf course because then it could be more of a recreation complex out there. And then yeah. the uh, old city park has been looked at. And the what? Doesn't need much water either. And it doesn't need much water. <laughs> the golf course is just a massive pickleball. <laughs> the big, the world's largest. Oh you know, my gosh! You know. And it is. Don't fun. tell the golfers. I'm oh one of them. No. I love golf. <laughs> oh. You're gonna get. Do you I, I love, email <laughs> later? I love uh, pickleball. 
I play pickleball. It's dangerous. Yeah. Well, you can well that's great. I, it's such an inclusive I sport. I something when I played pickleball. Well, tennis is a much harder on the body. Pickleball is something that as tennis. you get older, you don't feel. Emily, you're much younger than us here, so and you always will be, so don't ever worry about that's that right, changing. That's right. we're not I think I was <laughs> just like overreacting. I think I was like pushing myself to hurt when I was playing pickleball, but I pulled something. And yeah. I was like, what? This I is pulled not something easy. once, but then it went yeah. away. Okay. <laughs> We're almost, we've got about 10 minutes left. I just want to mention a couple other things. I mean, we're still kind of coming through this pandemic. It's not over. We all know it. I think there's a lot of fatigue going on. But Moab has shown, as I mean, as the tourist economy goes, wow, it's resilient, isn't it? I mean, and in saying that, I just want to recognize and give thanks to the county too. One of the big signs for me that things were coming through and were coming through was the A, the free concert series this year that the county sponsored and the city had in their park. Again, another great collaboration. But also hearing that even the folk festival that could not do any indoor performances was the most successful festival they've ever had. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, we're, we've got something really special here. You know, Moab is, you know, I, th- I sometimes think that we get so focused in our own box that we don't take a step outside and just really look and see, wow, what, how many people live here, first of all? The census said, how many? 10,000? Yeah. My goodness, why are we such overachievers? Is it in the water? <laughs> we're just not ordinary community. I mean, we're lit- we, I mean, you mentioned the dangers. We have Sea Cave, and in my book, Sea Cave shouldn't exist. The fact that society creates that need is, is a sad sign of society, like the free healthcare place. In my book, we should all have healthcare and that place shouldn't have to exist, you know, basically. But we have so many things in this community and we have very empowered women too. Being a gentleman on this side, we have a mayor who's a female and a, an, an incoming mayor as well. Mary, you're the chair and have been, for, and it's nice to have that steady captain almost on the ship of the county and you show great leadership and you both do. And we have a lot of females in this town that and we have my manager here at the radio station, <laughs> Sarah and all the crew there, Molly, who's brought news to us. And so it's great. I mean, well, it's a very... Think of, uh, our, hmm? National Park has a female, Patty Trapp. That's true. Our state park has a female, yeah. Megan Blackburn. Our uh, field office in Moab uh, is yeah, a female. Uh, so we're ahead of the oh, game here. Yeah. Moab yeah. is. That's Unlike how it should the rest be of the more. State, we're <laughs> well, we're an island in a way. You have to realize that. As much as we exist in this mechanism called the state and the government, Moab's an island, isn't it? I mean, we're surrounded by the sea of land. We are remote. And we are rural, so we're small, and we're in the middle of nowhere. I think that when you live in a place where you can't just go to the store and buy a pillow, or you, you, can, you can buy one pillow, <laughs> one kind of pillow in Moab, then we have to be more creative, we, and we have to be more collaborative. We have to make sure that we, we have access to resources. Is there anything, because this is your last official radio show, at least, this is, unless you decide to run again in the future, I don't know. Let's just, you know, probably for now, you're hanging your hat up for a second in politics. But anything you'd like to say, you know, as you're going out, I mean, it's been a, you could not have predicted a four years like this, could you? No, um, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad at coronavirus because it really screwed up my, you know, last two years of trying to be an effective policymaker. Um, I think that uh, I'm so proud of Moab that we did such a good job um, that that we have gotten through a really hard couple of years and it feels like every month is another crisis and it's been so hard and so I'm so proud of Moab. Um, at the same time, um, 
we have to be kinder to one another. I, I've, I've really seen a, a dark side of Moab in these past two years, too. And um, I, you know, when I moved here, um, it was 2002, and I moved here because I fell in love with Chad. And he said, marry me and move to Moab. <laughs> and, yeah, Moab has changed. But I go home, and the, and the community I grew up in in Ohio has changed. And I travel around in places that I were, tw- you know, places I was 20 years ago have, have changed. So um, we have to be okay with, with a, a, le- a level of change. And, and the other thing I would say is that we are so lucky to be a community that gets to be of service to others. We are deeply a service community, um, just like the word immigrant service has become like this nasty word um oh we just you know we're just a service service industrial tourism yeah and it's tourism industry it's like hold on let's 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 step back and realize the gift that we are given that we get to host friends and family and people we haven't met yet to visit the most beautiful place on earth and so we we need to we need to come back to this idea of being of service. We need to come back to the idea of, you know, getting our basic needs met, being kind to one another, and celebrating each other, and lifting each other up. So if we see somebody that's having a tough time, that we lift them up instead of tear them down. Um, we've got to turn it around. We've got to turn that part of... of um, of our society around. Otherwise, we're just going to, we're going to burn the house down. We're going to tear each other down. Well, uh, here's my challenge to everyone. I mean, I'm an immigrant, okay? Um, came to this country 30 plus years ago, but an immigrant nevertheless. And I moved to this country because it was the United States of America. And in the 30 plus years I've lived here, I've watched it from becoming a, a, un- a place of unity and togetherness into a place of disunity and un-United States. But in that, what I'm saying is that in our lifetime, in our localized situation with the people I know, we all live in this tiny little community together. If we can show unity in our community, we can demonstrate that it's possible to restore this United States again because it saddens me deeply as a citizen of this country now that this is not how it should be. The United States is better when we're together on things. So much better. We are not good. This is not how we're supposed to be. So my challenge and urge to our community is that I know, put our differences aside, we're always going to have those. Pandemic showed us that when we work together, nobody works better than us. So for all that you do in your political bodies, it's not, listen, from sitting on the armchair, so to speak, it's not easy. I can't imagine having to respond to the emails and trying to keep our very engaged community happy because yeah. they keep you very busy, okay? I understand that. I mean, Mary's smiling, I know. I've been in meetings with you, Mary, when you get com- communications coming in that you write left and center. So thanks for what you take. You, you obviously have this thing called thick skin. <laughs> <laughs> and hope it stays thick. And Mary, you know, Emily won't be here. I mean, next year, I don't know if you'll be the chair, but somebody from the county, but you will lead the county forward and the leadership will continue to move forward. And I just really urge, you know, you, you both operate on the same street. Work together more and this community will not fail because it cannot fail. It won't. We just won't allow it. No.
And the next mayor, Joette, is amazing. Yeah. She's going to do a great job. You're all amazing. All of you that seek public office and are willing to put yourself out there from the eyes of a citizen in this town in particular, most of the country leaves you alone once you're elected, not in Moab. <laughs> they're watching you do every turn you take. And they're, and they're commenting on it, too. Mm. You know, most of the world just puts their head in the sand every few years, but not Moa. <laughs> so that's the double edge of our sword in a way. We're engaged, but together we can do so much, right? But you know what? If we're going to watch each other and look at each other, let's say what's good, too. Let's not just focus on the what we don't like. Let's focus on what do we like. do like. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Anyway. What a pleasure it's always is to have the leaders of our community come up to KZMU. Some of the magic of Moab, of course, is KZMU. Yes, you very And much. thanks to both thanks your respective commissions and councils for all their work, too. Thank you. All right. Um, the chair and the mayor. <laughs> I love that. You could get a show. And we're going to invite Emily back as a DJ. And, you know, Mary, you haven't done that yet. I haven't seen your name as a DJ yet. So there's always hope for the future. Happy 2022. Happy holidays to you both and to everybody listening out there. All take care. Thanks.